Hi, and welcome back to the Expansive Business Podcast. My name is John Sane. I'm a keynote speaker, a author, and a faculty member at Singularity University, and as well, half of the Expansive Podcast. I'm always joined by my ever-handsome co-host, Eric Kruger, who's also a speaker, an author, as well as an executive coach with his... Ma- you have your master's in coaching, eh, Eric? You do, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 2018. Or- Oh, now, but then, then it's defunct. Mm. It's all gone by then. Now, everything's changed. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you're, irrelevant. You're, you're qualification, it's irrelevant. 2018, <laughs> that's like 120 years ago. Anyway, Eric, what's happening, man? How are you doing? Yeah, I think it's probably a good thing that I'm doing my PhD then next year, right? It's like, that'll, <laughs> that'll keep me up to date. <laughs> yes, yes. Well done, uh, Dr. Eric, uh, should I be calling you? Yeah, please get used to yes. that. Please uh, start addressing me. I think yes. address me by that now for now, when we get to the preparation. You, you get yes. used to it, you know? I like it. Uh, I like it. Yeah, listen, things are going really well. Uh, thank you for asking. Um, we were just talking about uh, the importance of uh, asking people how things are going with them. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah, no, listen. <laughs> quick caveat, quick caveat. I, I spent I spent ninety minutes with a very good friend of mine this morning, and at the end of the ninety minutes, he hadn't asked me one question about my life, and that perturbed me highly. In fact, it's still perturbing me that some friendships are just one sided. And you know what? I went through a concerted effort to cut all those friendships out of my life, and this morning ended on a bit of a sour note because I called him out on his lack of awareness. And also the truth is, I'm not a therapist, I'm your friend. And so mm. there must be a combination of discussions with people being fascinated and discussing and asking questions from each other. So uh, that's where that uh, little yeah, so, comes from. So I'm really, I'm really good. Thank how you. are you, how, Eric? I, yes, well, yes, very well, good. Very yeah. Good. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Well, listen, if you're joining us for the first time, we release a new episode every week about what it means for individuals and organizations to approach the future with an expansive mind. Join us as we challenge the status quo, banter about life and expand our perceptions of what is possible. And today's topic is all about trust. And I'm really looking forward to unpacking it with you. I made a video this week around the concept of trust. And Eric and I obviously are friends and have built a trust that he's been breaking down for the last few years, but we'll break into that as well a little bit later. But before we do, we always touch on some of the latest news and some of the latest topics that are coming up around the world. Eric, what have you been watching and what have you been tracking out there? Yeah, you know, actually what I wanted to share was um, around the Squid Game. Have you watched that? Oh, my God. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's unbelievable. Wow. It yeah. is a mind-bending show. Mm. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Squid Game is a new show that's been released on Netflix recently. Uh, it's a Korean show that's been dubbed into English, um, but it's taken the world by storm. It's become this massive, massive hit worldwide. And uh, essentially, the, I won't give you any spoilers, but the, the show is all around people playing games and the cost for not succeeding in playing the game is your life. Uh, and so it, it tracks you just gave away a, a massive part of it, but yes. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's spoiler what I'll tell you then. Alert. That's what I'll yes, tell you. Yes, yes. Um, but what I wanted to share is uh, I read a thing about the creator of uh, Squid Game, and I won't even try and pronounce his name, but he essentially pitched the show in 2009 already. Mm. Uh, for 10 years, he was told no, that it was a ridiculous, absurd idea. Mm. And at some point, from what I've read at least, um, 
he even had to sell his computer because he didn't have enough money to pay for his rent, wow. et cetera, et cetera. And wow. today uh, it's number one in 90 countries around the world. And it's yeah. said to become the most watched show in Netflix's history. Wow. How's Seriously? that? Wow. How's that? Yeah. You know, so funny. I, I was out last night for dinner and there was a couple next to us that were celebrating the ninth wedi um, wedding, uh, no, no, anniversary. They're married now, but they met nine years ago and they rushed. They didn't have dessert because I said, well, where are you guys going? No, we're going to go finish Squid Game. We're so excited. <laughs> we want to get home and go watch Squid Game. But look, there's, there's something that's really bubbling up here for me is the incredible wowness of Korean movie making. Now, mm. if we think about it, the last one that hit like this incredible, like Oscar winning was The Parasite. And mm. it was such an incredible movie and had so many twists. And it had a lot of nuances and reflection points of what's going on in society right now. And if you watch the the, the sort of the um, documentaries about the movie, it, it shows you the nuances of how we are showing the disparity between income groups and the, the resentment that's growing between those groups. Mm. And if you watch this, if you really look at the nuances, it's people that are willing to kill themselves for money. That's it. Yeah. They've ruined yeah, yeah. their lives. It's, and it's showing us this very broken system that we are living um, around wanting to sacrifice everything for just having more money. And that's kind mm. of the gist of the movie. If you look a little bit deeper, besides all the craziness that's going on. And, Jeez. Um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. What, what episode <laughs> are you on? No, I finished it. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, oh, okay. I kind of no, binged no, it over I'm, the weekend. Oh, no, no. Okay. So I'm going slowly. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to savor it. Um, so where are you now? Uh, they just finished the second game. No, uh, they okay. just finished the, the second game. That, that okay. thing where the guy was licking to try and get yeah. it to break away. Yeah, yeah it gets much yeah. crazier. I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm so. sure. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. And on your side? Well, look, I think the biggest news for this week has been the outage of Facebook and mm. Instagram and the whistleblower that was talking about how bad Facebook is. Not that it was much of a whistleblower. I mean, the biggest thing she said was that they prioritized money over people's health and safety. Oh, well, welcome Jeez. to um, yeah, Business what a surprise. 101. <laughs> the cigarette companies did it before. Coca-Cola is doing it right now. I mean, all of these. Nestle with all their chocolates. I mean, pharmaceuticals. Everybody's doing mm. this. And Facebook's obviously just the prime target at the moment. But you know what's just so funny is that we all love and hate Facebook. Like, Everybody has this hate-love relationship with it. We're so happy that they were gone down, but they were sad they'd gone down because we had nothing yeah. to do. Like, and, and Twitter played it so well. They, they, they said on Twitter, uh, welcome to literally everybody. That yeah. was their tweet. <laughs> they they're like, welcome. Everybody. So I think it's, it's fascinating to watch what's going on and the real need for us to have conscious leaders in the world. And even the Republicans and the Democrats both hate Mark Zuckerberg. And it shows mm. you that he's just so prioritized the, the need for profit that we are all just so sick and tired of him. And I, and I can tell you one thing is that the minute we have an option of something better, we're going to jump because we've just, he's caused such a distrust for us and a bad taste in our mouths that uh, we're just willing to jump at any time. We're just waiting for something better to come. The network effect has kept him alive for this period of time. So mm. that's kind of been, that's kind of been fascinating to watch and, and see how the world has uh, experienced that outage. You know, the funniest thing to me was seeing people complain about Facebook on Facebook. I, I always love that. Yeah. They're yeah. like, geez, we hate this thing. But like they on Facebook, yeah. they're living in Facebook. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah. Um, yeah, that's always the funniest thing to me. But it, yeah. it was a really interesting uh, thing to go through as well, just in terms of 
like how big Facebook really is, having mm. WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook all connected. Yeah. And when that went down and everything went down, like it was like, what do you do now? And I mean, I can imagine how many businesses must have lost money. Yeah. Um, like Danica, for example. Uh, so her parents are in Germany. This was the first time in five years that she called them, like on the cell phone, called them through like towers, yeah. right? Not going yeah, through a yeah. WhatsApp call. Yeah. So for the first time, she was also disconnected from her family without mm. having WhatsApp. Mm. So, so it really is interesting, the implications and how deeply engrossed and embedded those systems are in our daily lives. It's horrible. It's mm. horrible. They got these hooks into us and we can't yeah. actually get out of it. But mm. either way, fascinating to watch. These things are, and, and the other big news is that I get my mom to buy some Bitcoin. So um, I, I set her up and I got her to set it up. And now she's got herself uh, uh, some oh, Bitcoin. Nice. And uh, I've been educating myself. Yes, exactly. I've been mm. spending two hours a day just uh, indulging and, and jumping into the crypto world. And it's just fascinating that the people that I'm listening to, like Raul Paul and uh, Michael Saylor, they both have been advising hedge funds for the last hedge funds for the last twenty years or so, and they are both one hundred percent into crypto. Mm. They've been advising hedge funds for twenty years. They've taken their money out of everything, and the only complaint is they don't have enough money to put more in. That's the only yeah. thing they need to do. So it really is where the world's going. If you don't know much about it, I highly recommend you check him out. And obviously, my very good friend Ron Neuner has his own show called the Banter Banter, but uh, but. Crypto, crypto banter, banter yeah. Crypto banter. So yeah, watch him on, on, on YouTube. He's also doing some incredible things and uh, really where the world's going. So Listen, let's I just talk quickly about, want to say, yeah. I, I, I thought you were going to yes. say the big news is that we were up 40% in September in terms of new listeners and downloads. Ooh, I was going to leave that for dessert. But yes, if you oh, want to dessert okay, as okay. a starter, no problem. Eh? Like uh, congratulations to you, Eric, and to you, John. <laughs> For yeah. having an increase of 42% of listeners in September, we've been working with uh, DisruptX, a production company for our podcast, and uh, they have helped us uh, in many different points with social media and growing our listenership. So thank you to them. Thank you to all the new listeners and the old listeners. Please do share this podcast. Eric and I are always overjoyed when we arrive at conferences or meet people in the streets. And it really is weird because there's all types of... Of people, there was there was quite literally. A, 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 she was a more mature lady. She was at the farm <laughs> with my mom and dad, and she saw my books at the farm because I, I all my books are at my mom, our parents' farm, and all the proceeds go to SPCA in that region. And so my mom and dad were selling the books from the coffee shop there, and she was like, "But how do you guys know John Sonne?" They're like, "No, it's, it's our son." She's like, "Oh my god, I love his podcast, and you know, the, <laughs> it's amazing, the expansive podcast, and so." Um, it's always awesome to, to get all that feedback. So thank you so much to everybody. Mm, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's so amazing to welcome, uh, some new people to the podcast. Mm. And for those of you who are new, uh, you know, we meet every single week here to have conversations about what it means to live and lead expansively. And ultimately that is the journey that we on. We're not thinking that we have it all figured out. We are continuously just exploring the unknown, trying to figure out how is the best way to show up in this new world. And this podcast is our way of sharing that with uh, each other yes. and with you as well. Yes. So Awesome. Oh, yeah. There's one other big, big news before we get into trust is I start singing lessons tomorrow. So I've decided you? to get 12 singing lessons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what I thought? I thought I watched this uh, opera singer in Florence in Italy and I got so emotional and I thought to myself, 
wow, firstly. And secondly, I thought, I have no idea how she's doing that. Like, I don't mm. know where and what part of her body she's using to make that sound. And I thought to myself, it would be a wonderful skill just to understand, like just understand the breathing, understand diaphragm, like where, what, how, tonality, pause. And then I thought, you know, how great it would be actually for our speaking career where mm. we understand pitch differently. And, you know, maybe I could belt out a song midway one of my talks. That would be a hell of a, a surprise, <laughs> an added addition. And uh, so, yeah, so that I'm really excited. You know, it's it's very much part and parcel of me taking on the challenge of re-educating myself, you know? And yeah, so I, love that. I decided to do 20,000 steps a day, 10 in the morning, 10 in the evening, and then an hour, that's an hour plus minus, that's hour of crypto in the morning, hour of crypto in the afternoon. And then singing lessons, I've got a personal trainer. So I'm really trying to, trying to figure out what I can relearn, unlearn, and to evolve. And so trying to really practice what we preach, um, which is always mm. the sort of the, the tough and rewarding process that uh, that we can take on as a challenge listen um fyi i was um kurt in the sound of music the stage production uh many 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 years ago okay uh, so, so i don't know what kurt um, is what's kurt so yeah he was just he's one of the one of the players in the show oh, oh um, did you sing so, yeah yeah so i mean it's, it's no a way. Full, full on musical yeah yeah wow okay mm. do you remember it was in go on go on belt us on us no, no, no. Yes, I mean, a lot of, on, that, that was before my voice even broke. You know, since then, <laughs> my singing has, uh, has become less. <laughs> has not happened. So, has not happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, trust. Okay, let's get it. Yes. Let's get into trust. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, let's go. Um, well, look, I think this was really sparked by a video I made this week. And uh, you messaged me and said, look, I think it's a great topic. And I actually agree. And the, the, the topic was sparked by a business that I'm involved in. And I've got a couple of partners in that business. And they they were really stuck on marketing what we did and how we did it. And the business is called Leaders in Nature. We, we're wanting to help nature's be uh, leaders become more conscious. And we have an online package, a boardroom package, and a, a nature package. And they were stuck on, like, which one do we market? Like, should we market just the one that's in the computer or online? And, and it was quite like eye-opening for me because I started to realize that it's got nothing to do with what or how you are bringing your products and services to the market. It's 100% to do with your services. And I mean, it's got 100% to do with your trust and what mm. trust you're building. And, you know, when you have developed trust in the marketplace, you can sell avocados, man. You can sell lights. You can sell whatever you want to sell once you've developed that trust. And so, 100% of my marketing, and I know for your marketing as well, is how do we add more value? I mean, look, vis-a-vis -vis right here, this podcast, is how mm. do we add more value? How do we create more trust with our audience? And then in turn, how do we get those people then to work with us, hire us, expand with us, and build this community around us? And so really this idea of trust, this currency of trust, is I think many people don't realize that all you have to do, no matter what business you're in, is build that level of trust. And now, if you're a pool cleaner, a hairdresser, a consultant, whatever you are, how are you going about building trust and getting away from marketing your how and your what? Mm. That's the first point. Mm. How do you think, um, specifically, like how do you think you are building trust, apart from podcasts, obviously, like at a high level, what, what are you... Yeah. Books. So my new book, uh, Who Do We Become, comes out in a couple of weeks' time. Um, making posts, making videos... 
adding my sort of latest research onto social media, then having a PR company, organize interviews on radios, podcasts, and newspapers. So positioning myself as somebody that is doing the research and is thinking about things slightly differently, and I don't like this term, but becoming a thought leader in my space only because I'm fascinated with the topics. And you know what? You can be fast with whatever topic you're in. If you're fascinated about it, you can create a community, a platform to share that. And the more you share it, the more people hear it, the more trust you develop. And in that mm. process, you're building long-term elegant power. And this is a symbiosis of power with whoever you're building the trust with. Mm. How are you building it, Eric? You know, well, um, in in the lead up to this um, this episode today, you know, I was saying to you, I was thinking a lot about how I build trust in the better man community because that to me was like, it, it, it was the the most in-depth experience I think I've had of building trust with a community online. Please tell and people what Better Man is quickly. Yeah, so Better Man was, um, it, it started as, as a daily newsletter that sort of scaled to about 18,000 people. And then attached to that was a community component that also had about 18,000 men in it. And it was all about how do we help men to become better at the things that matter to them. And we hosted events. Um, it led to the, the rise of my first book as well. And ultimately to getting me into coaching and to speaking. And, um, and the pinnacle of your what, career to do a podcast with me, like the pinnacle. And, and ultimately, like peak, well, it did, it peak, did lead peak. me to you. It did lead it me did, to you. It did, um, it did, it did, it did, it did. I, I don't know who slid into whose I DMs remember. that led us to this point. Oh, shall we, shall we even, shall we even go there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I do remember yeah. meeting at Jackson's. Um, yes. And the first and, time. Uh, and I yeah, told you I not know, to it, use the word dominate. There's no yes. need to dominate. Nobody. Wow, you, you remember that? Yeah, well. I remember. I yeah, remember, yeah. Um, mm. So, so what I learned about Better Man, I think what would help me to really build a community was the consistency of showing up because that's an important thing that people need to get right. Consistency, it feels mundane, but what it really is is a promise to the people that you are serving mm. that you are going to be around. Mm. And when I look at Gary Vaynerchuk, like to latch on to the point that you made earlier, whether you like him or hate him. He's been yeah. around for ages, right? And he's yeah. showing up consistently everywhere. He's on TikTok, he's on Facebook, he's on YouTube. Like you'll find him everywhere all the time. And the thing is, what that has allowed him to do over time is that he's been able to sell wine, he's been able to sell shoes, and he's been yeah. able to sell <laughs> NFTs. Yeah. Why? Because people trust him because they know yeah. that he's going to be around. He's been around, he's going to be around, and it's almost like you, even if you don't know him, and we've seen this as a podcast too, right? We meet people and it's like they, they feel like they know you mm. because they've been listening to you for so long. They've seen you mm. around. They mm. know what you're about. Mm. That's right. I like that. Uh, consistency also is what quality is, is. You know, the meaning of quality is promising what you promise to give. Mm. So if you promise to give a shitty quality and you actually give a shitty quality, you're actually on the right mark of quality because you never <laughs> promised any more, any less. You know, so there's a difference between quality and excellence. Excellence is doing something you care about. Quality is giving what you promise to give. And mm. I think this consistency builds the trust. So, you know, Toyota has a quality. So does Rolls Royce. They're both promising a type of quality and they're giving it consistently. So they both have developed that sort of trust mm. in the marketplace. I like that, that, that level of, yeah, I really like that. That's such a great point. Um, one of the things that I think also develop a lot of trust is not being triggered in conversations and not being triggered in discussions. And this is easy to say when you're not triggered, right? 
And then all of a sudden you are triggered and then uh, this little monster rocks up out of your head and you're like, hang on a second, what are you doing here? Who are you and why are you here? But, um, you know, it's something I practice a lot. Um, not that I get triggered a lot, but I, I often get into situations and I, and I have to, I have to be strong with my boundary, but not emotional with my delivery. And mm. that also then determines uh, how people treat you, how you get uh, valued. And also then people understand exactly where they stand, which in a turn gives you trust. Again, mm. so it's like it's just a boundary setting process where you don't get triggered, you manage it. And, you know, when you watch people that are able to speak to a like, like you know, sometimes you watch a world leader and they ask, they get, they get asked such a, a pointed question or such a loaded question. And the way they respond is just like, it's like toffee, man. It's just like, the way they just twist it calmly into like a, and the person who's asking the question actually feels like a pupil afterwards, a pupil in Afrikaans is bum, uh, bum more. But anyway, I don't know why I said that, but you're uh, a muppet. Well, for our 10 Afrikaans <laughs> listeners, yeah, thank you. Uh, I don't even know why. I never use that word ever. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, muppet. Um, but when I watch leaders like that are able to answer questions without triggers, without emotions, calmly, clear, and like Barack Obama was so superb at that. He just like mm. calmly steered the conversation another way. And that is my ultimate goal, you know, elegant power to build trust, build consistency with no triggers. So that's something that, uh, that I find really works for me. And I build trust with people that are like that. So it, it really comes down to consistently showing up in i guess now people would expect for you to show up like if you are normally an elegant calm person then you want to be consistent with that right throughout in every interaction yeah i guess i mean and even if you're a bombastic loud brash person to have the self-awareness to realize that that isn't actually going to give you long-term trust Mm. And it's going it, to, you know, people are going to be like, whoa, okay, you know, he or she is not careful or they brash in what they do. So we can't invite them there. And so it's almost like something you have to keep reminding yourself is like, what impact am I having on people around me? What am I trying to achieve here? Am I developing relationships or am I being triggered into something, you know? Mm. So you're almost like, and I heard this amazing thing the other day. It said the three most important words in marriage is not, I love you. It's let it go. It's almost mm. like you have to be deaf to many things that your spouse says because you don't want to take things on all the time and take things wash off you so that you don't get into that triggered state. And I think this is real in all relationships. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I, was, I said this, I think I don't know if I said this in the show, but um, there was somebody I saw that didn't greet me and I was so like upset about it and I thought about it. And only the next day did I hear that he's got some weight issues and he was embarrassed about his weight issues. And so he didn't engage with me. And it was nothing to do with me. It was got to do with him. And I heard mm. this via via and I thought, how weird. Like, I feel like I'm hugging him now rather than being upset with him, of him like ignoring me, right? And that's the thing is that letting that go and then allowing it to show up in a different way, then you, you obviously build a lot more empathy and a lot more trust like that. What, mm. What's your next point, Eric? Yeah, it ties in perfectly actually to what I wanted to say as well, which is that, you know, I think when you, when you are trying to build trust, what you are doing is you are prioritizing relationships over sales mm. in, in the digital world. Mm. And so what that means is that if I'm prioritizing a relationship, I'm really thinking about how I'm going to go about building it. And what that means mm. for me, especially in the world that we operate in, but I think that 
most people are operating in these days from a marketing point of view is that mm. your content becomes caring as opposed to just fast and let me just get it out there. And it becomes thoughtful as opposed to just mindlessly bantering on about whatever. And I think this ties in very well with your triggering point, you know, that I think often people will jump onto a social media platform to rage about something that upset them. And actually, like in my eyes, that's not building your brand in any way. That's not building trust in any way. All it's showing to me is that you are triggered. Whereas perhaps if you spent a bit more time and you were a bit more mindful about this and you thought about it a bit through, thought it through a bit more and you responded without the Angst. The incredible emotional mm, response. Mm, yeah. Mm. Like it would be better received as well. Like it, mm. that could actually become a trust building opportunity instead of a trust breaking opportunity. But I mean, even I, I further agree. to your point. I agree. Yeah. But what if other people are triggered and they're looking for that trigger? It's almost like you, you're almost like this mass hysteria sure. of, of yeah. other people jumping on. And that's, and that's something you said off air. It's like, it's not trust building. It's attention seeking. And, it's, mm. it, and, and that's a different way of about going it. And look, I don't think any rights are wrong. It's just like, what are you trying to achieve? You know what I mean? Mm. And, and I think mm. that's important to keep revisiting. Um, it's funny because, you know, when I was looking, I sent you a video the other day about that uh, youngster who's become like the biggest TikToker. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm wrong. He's not the biggest TikToker, but he, he has a you, massive YouTube, following. I think you said. Yeah. He, yeah. he siphoned all that following to YouTube and in one month, he like blew it out of the water. He was the most watched YouTuber, more than Mr. Beast. And I mean, yeah. Mr. Beast is a beast on, on YouTube. Yeah, he's a beast, yeah. And um, what I thought about, like when I was watching his content, is that it is purely created to draw attention. And mm. through drawing attention, I don't think that he's building trust. I don't think no. he's going to be able to sell things off the back of yeah. that. Yeah, and, and we've seen this actually quite a bit in the influencer space at the moment, that they garner a lot of attention by doing stupid things and, and then, then they, they engage in these, yeah. yeah, or they engage in these like pump and dump NFT or crypto scams yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And they just further break down trust. So yeah. people trust them to some extent. They go through these like uh, quick get rich quick yeah. kind of things that they want to do. And then they break down that trust even more. Yeah. Where, but so I really think, and I was actually, uh, you know, Seth Godin is always like, he's so poignant when it comes to the topic of yeah. trust. Yeah. And, and I think when I read his work around trust, mm. what always comes out for me is that when you want to build trust, you build it by really focusing on the person that you care about, that you are trying to have an impact on. And it's yeah. not about mass impact. It's about a tiny yeah. impact on the right kind of person. It's a mass and impact about, on a one person. Yeah. 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 And it's okay. about caring about the work that you do. Like you're yeah. not diluting it uh, for the sake of attention. You yeah. care deeply about the message that you are putting out into the world mm. and you want it to be um, built in such a way that it creates trust. I think yeah. that's what your content has done over all the years. I think that's what every mm. book does. That's why it moves you forward in such big ways because mm. every time you put out that work, you're saying like, I've taken the time mm. to, to really pour myself into this mm. and I want you to be changed by it. And mm. it's in that process, that giving process that, that trust is built. Yeah, wonder. Yeah, sir, you got such beautiful way with words. Do you, you should do you speak? You should start speaking, Eric. It's like amazing you. the way. Thank yeah, you. no, I think it's. I think I see a career <laughs> path here for you, Eric. I see a career path. Okay, last point from me around trust building is asking questions. And I, you know, we we started off the talk this today about that. And you know, we love hanging around people that are truly fascinated with what's going on in our lives. 
Mm. And our reciprocation should be truly fascinating what's going on in their lives, not like a Muppet sitting on the side and just feeding off the therapy session. Anyway, I'm still dealing with that shit. Yeah, you see, I'm triggered. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, asking questions. I remember a very good friend of mine many years ago was so fascinated in my life. And then what he would do is tell other people how amazing my story was. And I used to think to myself, what? But I used to always move from that discussion feeling better about myself. And mm. that was like him building trust and being truly fascinated. Because you know when somebody's asking questions, they're not really listening to the answer. So mm. I think the last thing for me is building trust is, is just about asking genuine questions, being genuinely fascinated, and having an interaction that's of genuine caringness. And I think you said that in, in a really good way. And, and trust is not something you can fake. And, uh, you know, and, 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 and once you built that trust, you built super fans. And I've, I am super fans of, let's say, for example, Joe Dispenza. I have deep levels of trust with him. When he launches something new, I don't even care what it is. I'm like, yeah, book mm. or whatever, just buy. So, you know, it's really, it's really about being truly authentic, about being warm, about being competent and about showing up without any triggers. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Um, your, what you were saying reminded me of that one quote that says to be, to be interested, no, to be interesting, be interested. Yes, yes, yes. Don't be interested. Yeah. You know, try not to be interesting. Try to be interested. Yes. 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 And, mm. and I think that's, uh, that's very like well suited to the situation. You know, like actually you have to come from a place of really wanting to know what someone else is going through, what they're experiencing. And actually, if you find in your life that people that you are just having one way conversations, then it's probably a good signal that you need to change up the company that yes. you keep. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's a great way to segue out, Eric. That's what Eric <laughs> usually does. I'm now segueing out. I don't know why. I always mock you for doing that, but uh, I've rubbed always. Up <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, this is such a good time. As always, thank you for tuning into the Expansive Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or with your team. If you really enjoyed it, then please head over to iTunes Store to leave us a review. A quick reminder that you can book either Eric or myself to speak at your events. We also do combined learning experiences as teams. Follow us on social media and please share your feedback on the show with us. We'd love to hear more from you. Eric, any closing comments from you, my friend? Yeah, listen, I, I really enjoyed today's podcast. As always, it's great to catch up with you. It's great to catch up with our listeners, um, to talk about things that are meaningful and that are important. And I think that trust really is one of the most important topics to be speaking about at every single level. And I really mm -hmm. hope that when you leave this conversation today, that you'll think about how do I build more trust with uh, my partner, with my friends, with my customers, with my team. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's only when you sit down and you really ask yourself, what does the action look like um, coming through this filter? Like, what does the action of trust look like? It's only then that you're going to turn that into real trust. Talking mm. about it is one thing, but you mm. you have to focus on the actions that will build it. Mm. Very uh, good. Closing thoughts from you? I just did my closing thought. That was my outage, but now, now oh. I've got to do another one. On um, let me yeah. think. Let me think. Um, <laughs> no, no, I love the podcast. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, yes, I know it's always a continuous process to build trust with friendships, with business partners, with clients, with, with everybody, really, you know? And, uh, and when I look at people that are able to follow the processes that I've explained and you've explained that consistency, that competence, that lack of trigger, you know, actually one of the people that does this for me is Dr. Iraj Abidjan, you know, the guy I wrote, uh, the gentleman I wrote my last book with Future Next. And mm. he's just, he was his birthday yesterday. I sent him a message and I was like, you know, 
I learned so much from you just from watching you, you know, always warm, always welcoming, always pragmatic, always forward thinking. And he's 65, you know, he doesn't need to do mm. any of this. He's made more money. He doesn't need, but he's just so giving and so warm and it's just a wonderful thing to watch. And again, he's got so much trust from me and uh, just a wonderful legacy to leave uh, when you leave. Anyway, mm. thanks for joining us. Wonderful Thank to have you. you all there and we'll see you next week. Ciao. Goodbye.